So my name's Dustin. I'm on staff here at South Point, and this morning we are doing something a little bit different um, with our message. But first, I just want to give you an idea of who we are. If it's your first time with us, we at South Point, our entire mission as a church is for everyone to experience God's unconditional love, and we believe that that is experienced through the person of Jesus Christ. And so everything we do as a community is meant to point people towards him to say he is where life is found. He's where you can find salvation and hope and peace. And everything that's good in this life comes from Jesus. And so um, each week we open up scripture and we look at scripture in an effort to understand Jesus a little bit better. Now this week we're going to do that still. But since it's our 10th birthday, we're actually going to have Tanner and Jamie both come out and they're each going to speak. Now, Tanner is going to speak first, and he's going to talk about these past 10 years and everything that God has done here at South Point and, and um, just the ways that he's worked and the ways that we've benefited from just submitting to him. And then Jamie is going to come out and point forward to the future and what we commit to do and what we want to do as we move forward. Now, before we do that, I just want to set up the scripture a little bit for you. Now, we're reading from the book of John. We have been this entire year, and this passage that we're going to be reading this morning um, Maybe some of you didn't realize this, but there was a time when Jesus had thousands of disciples, where he was at like the peak of his ministry. If you would, to talk about it in modern terms, this would be like mega church. He had thousands of people following after him. His movement was huge. And then this passage we're going to read, Jesus gives this really difficult and challenging teaching to all of these people. And it's so difficult and challenging that all of them leave except the 12 disciples. They're the only ones who are left. And so Jesus preaches this tough message and with, with no fear of who he might lose, but he preaches the truth and he preaches it with grace. And at, by the end of this, it's just the 12 disciples who are standing left. And Jesus looks at them and he says, aren't you going to leave too? And there's this profound moment where Peter, one of the disciples, says, Jesus, where else are we going to go? You alone have the words of life. And we believe that that is the heartbeat of this church. We believe that Jesus alone has the words of life. That has been our story these past 10 years. That's going to continue to be our story moving forward. And Tanner and Jamie are going to come out and talk about that a little bit more. But before they do that, I want you to turn your attention to this video that was filmed a long time ago and shows a little bit about who South Point is. We believe that literally everyone can find hope in Jesus. Therefore, we would like to welcome... The old. <laughs> and the young at heart. Vegans. And those who only eat meat lovers pizza. Green thumbs. And those allergic to dirt. We want to welcome the beach bums. The navy brats. Starving artists. Soccer moms. And wing eating champions. We want to welcome those who are just visiting. Just woke up. Or just got out of jail. We have open arms to those who can sing like an angel. And those who can't even carry a tune in a bucket. We like people who blew all their money on the poker table. And those too frugal to order cheese on a burger. World travelers. And those who have never left the ocean state. Our welcome is extended to Patriots, Patriots fans. fans. And Giants fans. And those who think footballs are round. We welcome you if you are homeless or have three homes. In recovery or still an addict, we have an open door to singles, those, those who have tied, tied the knot, knot, and the single again, health nuts, and those who think Jim is spelled J-I-M. This is a place for those who are depressed, have problems, have problem children, and those who are the problem, hoarding people, night owls, the overemployed, the underemployed, and the unemployed, those who are in, yes, and those who would never think of such 
such a thing. Movie buffs. And those who would rather read the book. The filthy rich and the dirt poor. Seekers. Doubters. And haters. And we welcome those who may have given up on church, but not on God. Most of all, most of all, most of all, most of all, we welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. 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 We welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. And most of all, we welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. Most of all, we welcome you. We welcome you. 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 And most of all, we welcome you. I love that video and all of the people a part of that video, all the people part of South Point, such a wonderful community. And really, that was the dream, the vision from the very beginning, to be a church where everyone is welcomed. Everyone can experience God. And my hope is that that's the case for you today, um, that you experience God in this place with these people. And really, our statement, there's hope for everyone, goes back to Jesus. It goes back to who he is. It goes back to... Jesus being full of grace and Jesus being full of truth. Uh, when I was considering what to talk about today and knowing that the words of Peter were going to be uh, read at the beginning where Peter says, Jesus, who else are we going to turn to? You alone, you alone have the words of life. Uh, I thought to the letters that Peter wrote later in his life, towards the end of his life. Uh, he wrote two letters that are recorded in scripture. They are really creatively titled 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And so his, his second one, he talks about what it means to follow Jesus. And he says, really, if you want to be productive and effective of following Jesus, you need to add to your faith goodness, to your goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, perseverance. Uh, he talks about all of these great qualities. Uh, and then he has this statement in here that I'm going to read in verse 9. And then he, he says, whoever does not have them, whoever does not have these qualities, he says, is nearsighted and blind. And again, what we're talking about today is we're looking back you know, at celebrating what God has done here at South Point, but also looking into the future. And we don't want to just be nearsighted. We want to look ahead at what God is going to do here through this community of people. And he says, whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. And then he has this statement that I think is probably when I look back, the key to everything that is hope for everyone, as much anything at South Point is, is talk about foundation, as there's probably anything that we talk about. He says, the way that you do that, the way that you, you, you don't have those things is if you forget. You forget that, he says, people who don't have them forget that they have been cleansed from their past sins. And to me, there's what Peter is saying is, is really the opposite. He says, hey, if you want all of these qualities, what you need to remember is that you yourself have been cleansed. And I think so many people in the Christian 
world you go to churches, almost every church will theoretically believe that there is hope for everyone. In theory, okay? In theory. In theory, not in practice. In theory. The way, the way that there is actually hope for everyone is that for every single person in this place to remember that you have been cleansed from your past sins. And I've said this so many times here at South Point that our tendency as human beings is that we want to judge people who sin differently than us. And if I'm being honest, like I'm going to be real, real honest, like my tendency is to judge people who even sin the same as me. Like, <laughs> full honesty there. That's, but when we talk about forgetting that we have been cleansed from past sins, what this means is that you remember that you are not, you yourself are not perfect and that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And you also simultaneously realize that you have a God who loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you to cleanse you from your sins. Jesus is truth and Jesus is grace. He is truth in that he knows absolutely every corner of your heart. And he is grace that he still loves you. If we want to be a church where there's hope for everyone, we have to personally remember this about ourselves. And this is the truth that we talked about so often here at South Point. And it's called the gospel. That's what that's called. So I'm going to finish with these words here uh, because when I was reflecting on what to say, these are the words that, that kept coming up right after, right at, a few verses right after what I just read, three verses later in verse 12, Peter says, so I will always remind you of these things. Even though you know them, even though you've heard me say the same thing over and over and over, and, and are firmly established in the truth that you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. Because I know that I will soon put it aside and that we all, all our time is short. Our life is just a mist here. As our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. I haven't been here all 10 years uh, to see everything that God's done. I've only been here about six and a half of those, and, and it's just been amazing to be a part and to see lives changed and, and just to be continually reminded that it's, it's nothing that, that we do. It's God working through us and in us that accomplishes these things, and he does this for his glory. It's not to bring glory to the name South Point. It's not to bring glory to the name of a person. It's to bring glory to his name. And it's just amazing to, to reflect back, to watch that video, to see and just reflect on all of the lives that God has impacted and changed over these past 10 years. It's been remarkable. What a run. How much fun it's been. And I want to look a little bit this morning at the same statement that that uh, Dustin mentioned and Tanner reflected on 
as a look forward as well. Um, you know, Peter makes this remarkable statement in response to what Jesus, Jesus basically asks him, are, are you guys going to stick around too when he's looking at the 12? And, and Peter's response is this, he says, Lord, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where else are we going to go? They, they'd given up everything to follow him. They had left jobs, they had left family, they'd given up everything to follow him. They're like, where else do we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Where else do we go? And these words, as I reflect on them this morning, for when we're looking at where we're going, really serve the foundation for where I believe God is leading South Point. And it's not a whole lot different than where we've been. When we ask this question, what is next for South Point? What are the next 10 years? What are the next 20 years? What are the next 30 years of South Point look like? And here's where I believe that God is leading South Point, and it's building on the foundation of what has been laid, but clarifying it to what the future holds. And I think that God is moving us to be a gospel-centered church. God is moving us to be a gospel-centered church. Not a, not a church that just believes in the gospel, not a church that just teaches the gospel or listens to the gospel, but a, a, a church that is shaped by the gospel, that is transformed by the gospel, the very thing that Tanner shared, these words of what Jesus has done for us and the hope that we have because of what he has done for us. Paul says that, that this gospel is the power of God that leads to salvation. It's, it is the power of God in what Jesus has done for us, and, and he's not ashamed of that, and neither should we be either, that this is where God is taking us and leading us. And sometimes we think that the gospel is just the 101 of Christianity, like it's, it's 101 class. Or as Tim Keller puts it, it's like sometimes we think that the gospel is like the ABCs of Christianity, and Keller points out that it's not the ABCs, it's really the A to Z, it's everything. The gospel is everything. And it's not just true for us individually, it's true for us as a church as well. And, and while I don't have time to completely unpack what all of this means this morning, let me just share two different areas where I think that God is leading us into this gospel-centered church. One is in our gatherings. That, that our gatherings, as they have been in the past, they will continue to be focused on this message of Jesus, this gospel that he has been given to us. That our songs will be sung as a focus, as a praise for what God, of who God is, but also what God has done for us. Everything is centered around the gospel. And here's why this is important. Here's why this is so important. First of all, we need to be reminded of this every week. I don't know about you, but man, it gets discouraging sometimes. Is your life like that? That it gets a little bit discouraging from time to time? And, and we need to be reminded of what Christ has done for us and the hope that's found in him. But, but not just reminded of that on a Sunday, but encouraged to continue to live that out throughout the week and, and, and just encourage that you take this with you and that you build on it during the week, that you study and that you read and that you pray and you talk to God. This is the focus of what a gospel-centered church looks like. The other reason that this is so important is because 
we want everybody to be so familiar with what this gospel is that it just kind of flows out of who you are. It, it can come up naturally in conversations. We want you to be prepared to share this good news with anybody you encounter. And, and the other reason is we just don't know who's in the room on a Sunday, that they may be encountering or exploring Jesus for the very first time. What a waste if we don't take that opportunity to explain the best news ever. We never want to miss an opportunity to share about Jesus and what he has done for us. And, and so our, 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 our gatherings are going to be gospel-centered gatherings. The other thing is just gospel-centered discipleship. That we are focused on making disciples that make disciples that make disciples. Now, what's a disciple? Just simply somebody who follows Jesus. That's what a disciple is. Somebody who follows Jesus, and we want to create gospel-centered discipleship through our groups, through our relationships. You know, the gospel is best experienced in community, and, and, and we want that for South Point. We want that for everyone. In the other places, we really want to do this for parents as well, because we believe that parents are the primary disciplers of their kids. We can only do so much on an hour on a Sunday morning. We, we want to raise you up to be able to disciple your own kids, to be able to disciple those in your family, to be able to disciple your coworkers and your friends so they can find and follow Jesus. Gospel-centered discipleship. Now, let me talk about a couple of specifics. Now, again, don't have time to unpack all of this, but I really want to drill into a couple things that are going to be coming that will help us do this. One is this. On Sunday, November 28th, we're going to move back to two services. <laughs> and, and the reason that we're going to do that is because we want to create more room for people to be able to have a gospel-centered gathering, to be able to hear this message, and to be able to live this message, to be able to be transformed by this message. And that's why we want to do this. So, like I said, Sunday, November 28th, we're going to go back to a 9 o'clock and a 1030 service. But it's going to take something from us to do that. We need help. We need people who will be willing to serve, and I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. So that's the first thing. The other thing is we want to create, or we don't want to just create, we want to live a deeper dependence on God. And that's where trusting God comes really important, and this is where there's two areas I want to look at this. One is we want to continue to build on the foundation of what has been the last 10 years, but we want to amp it up even more. And that's, we want to become a praying church. Not a church that prays, that's good, but we want, to be, we want to be a praying church. That we are holy and completely dependent on God for everything. That we seek Him for anything that we do. And that becomes just part of who we are. We ask that question. We're not afraid to stop in the hallways and pray with somebody or, or right after service. Hey, you've got this going on. Let me, just, let me pray for you right now. And I know for some prayers, it's like this weird, uncomfortable thing, like, what is this? And we haven't done a ton of teaching. We really want to encourage and continue to equip everyone to be able to be able to talk to God. It's just a simple conversation with God. And more than talking, it's really about listening and being in tune with who he is and what he wants for us, to pray according to his will and his desire for our lives. And there's a couple of things that we're already starting with this that I want to invite you to. 
One is, I don't know if you know this, and, and probably most of you don't because this happens right before the service, but 20 minutes prior to the service, we have a group of people, and it's been growing each week. It's been really cool. 20 minutes prior to service, anybody can come. We've been praying together. Just praying. Praying for what's happening in the circle, praying for what's happening in this room, praying, just praying, just seeking God. Anybody's invited to that, could be a part of that. That's just a simple, easy thing to do, right? It's just to come together and and pray. And you're, anybody's invited to be a part of that. Allison Luger does a great job of leaving, leading our prayer efforts, and she's championing that cause. And again, it's just a show-up thing. The other one is this. We're going to have a prayer and worship night on Friday, November 12th. And I'm going to talk a little bit more specifics about that, but we'd love for you to be a part of that as well. Again, setting the rhythm for what it means to be a praying church. The second one is this. And again, this is building on the foundation of what already exists here at South Point. This is not a radical departure. One of the things I love about South Point is I believe South Point is a generous church. But generosity is not a destination, it's a process. And I want to continue to build on that that process of what God has already established. I mean, it's amazing to me the response for the can drive, the food drive. You guys have been awesome with that. This past, this past week was, un, or this past yesterday was an unbelievable day, and it was because of you, because of your generosity, because of God blessing. Just a really crazy event where you, you wear silly costumes and you hand out candy. I don't know how many people we had come through here. It was a lot. Everyone goes, how, did you guys count? Nope. Honestly, there were too many to count. It was just this constant flood of people for two hours that walked through this place. So for those of you who donated candy, for those of you who participated, thank you so much. That's generosity expressed in a very real and tangible way. Thank you. So many people were blessed by that simple thing. But I think generosity demonstrates independence because it's not about what we hold, but it's about what we can give. And I'm not talking about necessarily individual generosity. I'm talking about us as a church. I would love to see South Point get to the place where we have so much margin that whenever a need arrives, we're able just to meet it. Wouldn't that be cool? A need comes up in our community or a need comes up across the world and we're able to just say, hey, here, no strings attached. Man, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? I mean, that's why we do, that's one of the reasons we do the big give. That was going to be coming up in December. We just give away a, week's of off, a week of offering. And, and the big give has actually allowed us to have margin to be able to help single parents in the community. And we've given thousands and thousands of dollars away because of your generosity, because of this generous community. And we want to continue to build on that. We want to be generous with this campus. This, this campus is not for us. This campus is for the community as well. We would love to be able to open our arms and open our doors and allow the community to use this space as, as for whatever. And there's been groups that have used it. You know, I, I, I say this all the time. I told Tanner this. I've told our staff this. I tell people, in a lot of ways, church buildings are the most underutilized resource that there is, especially if you just use them on Sundays or an occasional evening. And I would love to see God use this facility to be able to bless different groups and we've just an open hand, right? Just generous. And we have groups that, that use this. We have a couple groups that meet weekly here. We've had groups that have come up and helped with first responders, deal through, through stress and grief. I mean, it's been awesome. And we would like to continue to see God use that. And, and the third way I think that I really would like to see 
uh, generosity being used is that we would be a church just with open hands when it comes to our people. And, and what I mean by that is this, that we would be constantly seeking and equipping and sending people out to continue to spread the gospel. That God would raise up, that we would, part of our prayer would be that God, would you raise up people in this church that will go to other places and bring your good news to other people. And, and that's part of the generosity. It's this open hand. You know, some people see churches as a lake. They can just gather as many people as together. I hope that we see ourselves as a river where people will continue just to, to be able to flow out and to be able to spread the good news everywhere. So there's a few ways to make this super practical that we can respond this morning. The first way is this. What I mentioned, like I said, we would love to go to those two services, but we really need more people to help us serve on Sundays. And we really need this in three areas. One, one is our kids. Our Anchor Kids staff are heroes. Yeah. And what I love about our vision for Anchor Kids, and Bethany has done a fantastic, fantastic job with this, yeah, and, and I believe that Pamela will continue to do this job well as we set this vision is we don't provide childcare on a Sunday morning for kids. We share the gospel with kids. Man, you have the opportunity when you serve with kids. I don't care from itty bitty babies to all the way up to the kids who can talk to you, right? You have the opportunity to impact a child for eternity. Th that's pretty cool. You're not just sitting there providing daycare for kids. And we need people that will step into that. And, and here's the ask. With anything that we do serving-wise, some people think, oh, man, if I, if I volunteer to serve, I've got to serve every Sunday, and it's for life. <laughs> Neither of those is true, unless you want it to be. Unless you want it to be. All we ask is 90 minutes a month. One service, one Sunday a month. And, and if we had enough people step into that, it may be fewer times than that. And you may find that you actually love working with kids, and you may want to invest even more there. And that would be my hope and prayer, that you would even want to do more. But, but that's, that's Anchor Kids. The other word is hospitality, just greeting people. Making people feel welcome, one of the responses that we get often from people who visit us for the first time is how welcome we are. And I don't know if you've ever been in a, in a place where you've walked in, I don't care, church or wherever, you walked in and nobody says anything to you. How does it make you feel? I, not wanted, that's for sure. <laughs> we want this to be a warm and welcoming place for people, that people who are exploring faith or people who have been burnt by church or people, wherever they are. We want this to be a warm and welcoming place. And our hospitality team does a fantastic job of that. It's so much more than standing and holding a door. Yeah. It, it is so much more than standing an open door or pouring a cup of coffee. It, it's about people. It's about loving people in a very practical way. It's about welcoming people and engaging with them as they bring in. It's about remembering names, which you'll never outdo Jim Anderson. <laughs> but
but we, we, we need more people to help out with just welcoming people, hospitality and our connection point in the cafe. And, and the third way is our tech team, which do a great job every Sunday. It, yeah. As you can see, those seats get more and more crowded every week as we add layers in and as we add cameras. And, you know, again, the reach of this goes beyond the room. You know, this, what, what COVID has done has accelerated everything. And we have opportunities to reach people in their living rooms or as they're driving in ways that we've never been able to do before. And we would love to have more people that were engaged and involved serving in tech. So if behind the scenes and not talking to people is your thing, then maybe tech is your thing. You know, if kids scare you, maybe tech is your thing. <laughs> but but here, here, here's the vision for this, that every person, every person who calls South Point home is serving in some way. Man, wouldn't that be awesome if all of us were pulling together to make this happen? It's not about, it's not about me. It's not about anybody who's on this. It, it's, it's about the kingdom. It's about what God's doing here, and, and it's a blessing to be able to be a part of it. So if you would be willing to do that, that would be awesome. The second thing is this. I promise each of these gets a little shorter. The, the second thing is this. That Friday night on November 12th is going to be a, a time of prayer and worship. And, and if you're thinking that, oh, man, I'm going to come, and it's going to be just this bumping thing that's going to really, like, get my groove on and all this kind of stuff, that, that's not the kind of prayer and worship night we're talking about having for this one. Here's the deal. Confession time. This, this has been the most divisive season that I have ever lived in in my life. I've been guilty of participating in it. And what I believe that God is calling us to is a time of repentance for that. If you've played a role, and even if you haven't played a role in, in being divisive, and when I mean, it doesn't mean about having an opinion. It means allowing your opinion to cause a separation in a relationship with somebody else. That's where divisiveness comes. You, you see, a lot of times we believe that unity means unanimity, that we're all in the exact same mindset. That's not what unity, unity is about diversity, a group of people coming together under one cause. And, and Jesus prayed for unity for his church. And church, we have not lived up to that. And so I believe that God is calling us to a, a, a time of prayer and a time of repentance. And that's what that night's going to be. It's going to be us just coming. And here, let me just say a couple of things about that prayer time, just to alleviate any fears that you have. You're, you're not going to be required to pray out loud. I know that's a big fear, and that's a real fear. And I, I just want to say that that's not going to happen. It's going to be just a reflective time for you to be able to pray, to, for you to be able to come and just, just say, God, I'm sorry. You know, this is, I, I've participated in this. Doesn't mean you have to wait till the 12th to do that, okay? But collectively, I think there's power when we all come together and do stuff like that, right? That we as a church come together before God and we just say we're sorry. The other thing, it's going to be from, it's going to be from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. I know some people get freaked out when you do these prayer things and there's, oh, it's going to be an all-night thing. No, it's 7 to 8. I mean, if you want to hang around longer, you're welcome to, but it's 7 to 8, 8 p.m. And there are going to be people that will be available to pray with you as well after this is over. 
but prayer and worship, a night of prayer and worship on Friday, November 12th, and I hope that you'll come and be a part of that. Here's the third thing. I, I think the Israelites had this really, really cool thing that they would do whenever God would move or whenever they wanted to remember something. If you read the Old Testament, often what they would do is they would set up an altar or they would set up a rock or a stone. And, and that was to serve as kind of a reminder of something that God had done significant in their lives. And so every time they would walk by it, they would remember, oh yeah, God did this. And it would serve as a, a reminder for them. And so when we were thinking and dreaming about what we could do to, to mark these first 10 years, we thought it would be really cool. And this, you know, you know how you have images in your head and then it's just like, okay, maybe this won't work, but we're going to try this, okay? When you go to the reception area, which will be in the gym or even in the lobby here, there's a table. We have put broken tile on these tables. And what these tiles represent, each tile, well, not each tile, but most of the tiles are very different. And what each tile represents is our uniqueness as individuals, but also our brokenness. In fact, that each one of us comes broken in some way because sin has broken us. And what we believe that God has done these last 10, 10 years and what God will continue to do is he will take our, our uniqueness and our brokenness and he will put them together to create something beautiful that's centered around the person of Jesus. And so what, we're, what our plan is to do is to take each of these tiles and to put them into a mosaic. And Garen, do you have a picture of this? This is our rough guess of it, okay? To put them into a mosaic that surrounds the anchor, which the anchor represents Jesus and the hope that he brings. And we're going to hang it here on the wall so every time that we walk by, remember, this is, Jesus has brought us together. And what I'm going to ask you to do, if you'd be willing to, is just put your name on the back of one of these tiles. Just write your name. Adults, kids, just write your name on the back of one of these tiles. And, and then this, there's also going to be blank tiles in this as well that, we're, that will represent those who are not yet a part of South Point. Just that image that God brings together our uniqueness and our brokenness, and create something beautiful. So if you would do that today, that would be fantastic. I'm excited about the future. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to see what God continues to do with this body. Excited to be a part of it. Excited to see what happens. Excited to be used by him in any way he wants, us to, wants to use me. Let's pray. Father, you are awesome, and it's so good to be a part of everything that you're doing. Father, thank you for Jesus, and thank you for the life that he offers us. Thank you for the gospel and the message of the gospel, and help us to become more centered in you and who you are. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.